सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुमाषावहै Our topic for today is Bhairagya, another very important value and qualification to have for a sincere student of oneness. Aikya means oneness. We already saw the role of Viveka in one's life. Viveka means discerning realities. Nitya Nitya Vastu Viveka. Discerning means between two things. Discernment is always between two things. It's not vichara, enquiry, which is general. Discernment is between two things, which is appropriate for me, for everybody. And so we saw the discernment is between nitya and anitya. Nitya means that which is avyaya, unchanging, that which is always the same. And we understood that that cannot be anything other than Brahman, the truth of this universe, the truth of myself, Satchidananda, Atma, Brahmatma. That, that alone is the, is nitya. Everything that I observe and through various means of knowledge, using the eyes, ears, inference, is anitya. Because that is called anatma and that depends on I, the observer, and that keeps changing. So the, the truth of the observer, infinite, and then the truth of the observed, finite. So this is what we have understood this part. Vairagya is the ability to give up the anitya in the light of the fact that anitya is not going to help what is it going to do it's going to complicate and mix up my life because what do i want nitya when do i want it yesterday <laughs> and so if i want it so badly and then all the time i'm mired in anitya then the anitya acts as a akarshana shakti a magnetic pull that keeps me going round and round in the world of the finite. Just like the planets encircle the sun. Even though they may want to be free, they cannot because there is a magnetic force. And likewise, the Anitya has a magnetic force, so to speak, which keeps the people revolving, rotating in what is called Samsara, the infinite pursuit of the finite, is called samsara. Infinitely pursuing the finite, tripping, falling, crying, getting up, brushing off, putting a band-aid on the scraped knee and the elbow and going again and again in the same place which is full of potholes, which makes me trip, which makes me fall, which is the, the, the world of the finite. So vairagya is the ability after having done this viveka the vairagya is the ability to let go of the finite 
and focus on the infinite. To make room, you don't even have to focus on the infinite. The infinite being yourself, you just have to make room. Because if there is no room, how are you going to? How are you going to? No, you can't. So, this is Vairagya. Made up from the words Raga and V and abstract now. Raga means strong preference. And V when you add Upasarga, a prefix in front of that means devoid of. So devoid of strong preferences. Sometimes uh, you know Raga is translated as passion and then devoid of passion means what? This passion. That is also a fine translation. But it's a very common translation and it is an authentic translation. But the trouble with common translation is that, translations is that we get acclimatized to that. It becomes jade. Yeah, 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 dispassion, dispassion, dispassion. Nobody even knows the meaning. And in fact, they give other meanings to the word dispassion. Dispassion means dot, 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 leaving your house, leaving your spouse, going away in the hills, not paying any bills. <laughs> this, there, many people think this is dispassion. Far from the truth. That is not what we are calling dispassion. Although those things that uh, we have just described are not outside of what we call dispassion. But if we look for dispassion in certain activities rather than in what it means and certain values, then we will always fall short in terms of our definition. So dispassion is about growing to see the value of things in one's life sans raga, without raga. Raga is also like a coloration. When there are strong preferences, it's like wearing pink colored glasses. Look at the world, everything is pink, 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 pink. You are in pink will. <laughs> and so, this is not uh, this, this is not conducive because you're not seeing the world as it is you're seeing it through a pink filter what does the pink stand for raga so if the pink stands for raga that means what you're seeing the filter the world through the filter of your strong wants and don't wants strong preferences and strong prejudices color one's understanding of the world. And this becomes an impediment to gain self-knowledge. We will see how. But first let us understand it from all aspects and all contours of this word Vairagya. So suppose if we take anything in the universe, pet cat to take in the universe, it is very dear. Why? Because it has become a family member. If it goes out, we wait for it to come back. And then if it doesn't come back one day, we are anxious. And then the next day it comes back, 
we are relieved. Oh, thank God nothing happened. God forbid it did not come under a car. Thank God. We say all these things. And this is to be expected because with any being that you are living with, there will be a certain fondness, there will be a certain missing, there will be a certain kind of a uh, uh, connection. This is also okay. But then, if the connection becomes overkilled and the pet cat becomes an extension of oneself, we start anthropomorphizing the pet cat. Oh, he is smiling, she is laughing, <laughs> she is angry, she is looking guilty. Oh, the cat doesn't love me anymore. This is what is called Adhyasa. Adhyasa, superimposition of the raga for the cat is superimposed in the form of reading into the situation what is simply not there. If the cat has thoughts, we frankly do not know what they are unless we ourselves become a cat. We don't know what they are. Whenever I put those thoughts onto the cat, that means that there is a transference. There is an adhyasa. So this adhyasa can be of two kinds. Any kind of an adhyasa is of two kinds. One is the kind of adhyasa that we are familiar, superimposition that we are familiar in Vedanta, is see, taking something for what it is not. So taking rope for snake. You take the rope for snake, then that is a typical stock example of adhyasa. Rope is not snake, yet I take the rope to be snake. I mistake the rope to be snake. That is one form of common adhyasa that we know. And that also is possible when there is lack of vairagya. More common than that, however, is a kind of adhyasa, a slightly different kind of adhyasa, you don't mistake it for something that it is not. I am not saying the cat is, is a mat or a hat. I know it's a cat. But I am seeing something in there that is value added that is not there. Shobhana Adhyasa. Shobhana means it, I am giving it a greater value than it is, than it actually has. And then, of course, if there is a positive transference, Shobhana Adhyasa, what else will be there? Negative transference, you got it. And then the negative transference means what? Negative transference means Ashobhana Adhyasa. I see something that is not there, but I see and that has a negative connotation. So some, somebody comes to your house, they interact with the cat and then what happens when they see it, the cat is sharpening its claws, let us say. And then immediately the person comes to the conclusion, it's coming to scratch me. Oh my God, it's looking threatening. It's looking like it does every day. But whether I think it's looking loving or whether I think it is looking threatening is not dependent upon the cat. It is dependent upon my disposition 
on any given day uh, and also deeper still it is dependent upon my raga my dvesha dvesha again means strong raga in negative raga is called dvesha strong prejudice so this the ability to withdraw from these kinds of projections is vairagya that so therefore the translation of vairagya that suits a student of vedanta is objectivity it is not about leaving something and going somewhere it's not running away you run away but what do you carry with you your head where is the raga <laughs> in the head raga is in the head and where is the desha in the head if you could take off your head and keep it and then run away then perhaps we can have a different outcome but since that is not possible to do wherever you go there you are <laughs> so you can go to the highest reaches of the himalayas where there is not a single soul to be found even the air that you breathe is thin but the raga dveshas are your constant companions you are never ever ever alone so therefore vairagya is the ability to first withdraw the abhyasa withdraw the shobhana abhyasa and the ashobhana abhyasa the positive projection or transference over uh, over a thing which does not have that value and the negative transference of uh, something which does not have that fearful or sorrowful quality which is inherent in itself that is the first order of business in terms of cultivating vairagya first i try to see the difference between seeing things as they are versus trying to put something on it that it doesn't have so for that what is needed is to withdraw the raga or at least to make the raga from having this binding quality binding quality is a blinding quality <laughs> and what does it do it blinds me to seeing what is the truth of the situation it's almost like i have tied a cloth around the eyes and i'm not able to see it for what it is therefore i put on it things that it does not have another example is money if we look at the definition of the vairagya as dispassion here also we run into trouble when we talk of money oh money we give it away money is terrible <laughs> money is not important if anybody tells you that you tell him or her if it's not important give me all your money simple you tell them that and then they will keep quiet they will not uh, ask anything further it's not the problem really speaking money is colored paper in america it's green colored paper with some whatever print and in india and other countries it's multi colored paper with many many prints that's all it is objectively to look at and then again objectively it is important in transactions it helps me to pay the bills it helps me to perhaps have a better quality of life 
without it i will not have that quality of life this is also objective and and i want these kinds of things in my life and i want to take care of this many people in my life and so based on my needs based on my wants i need this much money coming in every month this is objectivity nothing wrong with that when does it become subjective oh no i cannot live without this i have to have a certain bank balance in order to feel okay i feel anxious whenever i see somebody else having more money <laughs> this is all adhyasa this is all adhyasa and when i have money i am happy another example of adhyasa so we know that there is a value added superimposition whenever here it's the first kind of superimposition mistaking the rope for the snake mistaking money for happiness money is not seen for money money is mistaken for happiness so when it is there i am happy when it is not there i am unhappy but this is not even objectively true you look at the richest people on the planet and frequently they are not you know they are not any happier than the rest of us and you look at the poorest people on the planet again they are not sadder than the rest of the people not very frequently that is the case so then we we see we can see objectively that money is neither the cause of sorrow nor is the cause of happiness it simply is a transactional reality to give me what i want to get that's all it has buying power and that buying power keeps changing it becomes less in times of inflation in times of some kind of a recession depression all these things and so looking at it this way i am objective same thing you can look at money you can look at marriage marriage is the end for whom is not somebody with vairagya that person is an idealist makes marriage into an end if you make marriage in, into an end it will end the end it will end that's one way to ensure it will end it will not be spared because in the shastra marriage is a means to an end money is a means to an end when we make the the means into ends then it is the the end of the pursuit so when we talk of marriage in the hindu tradition marriage is like that we have a uh, we have uh, what is that called a, a ritual called saptapadi taking seven steps towards moksha together they hold the hands and then they they, they take it they take the, the steps together and in fact they don't hold hands they the the groom leads the bride by the foot he puts her foot forward and so then uh, this is saptapadi where they vow to walk as friends towards a common goal that is the goal it is not making the marriage itself into a goal that means it is putting too much expectations too many adhyasas on the marriage 
you have to make me happy you have to make me fulfilled you have to do this you have to do that you have to be the spouse you have to be the best friend you have to be uh, somebody who has my back all the time you have to approve of me constantly it's a big burden to put on the institution of marriage the institution of marriage was never intended to be that it was intended to be a place to grow emotionally spiritually so that one would become ready for vedanta one would become ready to pursue the knowledge that one was free with or without the marriage one is free so therefore the marriage is something to be outgrown rather than something to be to be groaning about yeah it's not something to groan about it is to be outgrown that's what it is and this is vairagya you don't have to leave the marriage staying in you you are free you are free you are a free person even staying in the marriage even staying with the money you are a free person in, in this way everything in the tradition helps all the institutions in the tradition help in cultivating developing vairagya so this this is a wonderful thing because marriage is a means children are a means for vairagya wait till they become teenagers you will naturally have vairagya because not a single thing you say either they don't hear or if they hear they will not honor so either way you have to say okay chup mum is the word <laughs> and you have to grow and so this marriage is growth children's are grow- growth in laws an opportunity for growth in laws who behave like outlaws another opportunity for growth it's all growth 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 all the way and so this is this is really what we call vairagya vairagya is is in the growth to be able to see things for what they are and it's the twin brother of viveka both are together the more the viveka vairagya naturally comes and it naturally makes you shed things you do not want you keep shedding you keep shedding so vairagya also they say is of two kinds one is called shmashana vairagya funeral ground vairagya which is temporary and uh, spurred on by a, by a shocking event in one's life sudden earthquake thousand people missing feared dead that's the time to take take stock of one's life you say oh my god these were people i knew some of them i knew and they they are now where buried under the rubble we don't even know whether they are dead or alive and i had to straighten out my life i better straighten out my priorities what is this life this is not i mean here i am going here going there aimlessly and eating this wanting that going here investing in this where is my priority what am i doing i really need to spo- focus on my growth this is the this is what is called smashana vairagya spurred on by sudden shocking event in one's life a loss of a loved one 
a huge thing like earthquake, war, all these things can give. But that lasts only as long as the event. After a while, back to square one. And it's like, uh, you know, the, the curly tail of a dog. The dog has an upturned tail like this. And then you hold it straight. How long will it be straight? As long as you're holding it. You leave it, it bounces back to being curly. That this is the first kind of vairagya. But even this vairagya, if you take it to the, a teacher, a qualified teacher of Vedanta, they can make the curly vairagya straight. They can straighten it out. Because the, the force of the Shastra is like that. They can straighten it out. But then, uh, you know, there is another kind of vairagya, which is the, uh, which is the uh, vairagya that is true. It is not based on some kind of an external event. It is a slow growth called nirveda, a slow uh, understanding, a gradual understanding that all things that glitter are not gold. <laughs> they will never be gold. And then it is a deeper introspection. How come I am always attracted to this glitter? What is it about me? that I feel lacking, that I am constantly attracted by that which shines. What is it that? So that is a inner examination. Again, that is Viveka. See how the Viveka and Vairagya feed off each other. They feed off each other and then because of that, one has, uh, uh, you know, one has exponential growth. And so therefore, one more thing we can say, about vairagya is that it is not something that is it you you can set it in motion but we have to be cautious about forcing it because forcing vairagya even before i'm able to see that this has that this thing in front of me has limitations if i force it then it is the first kind of vairagya. It's an enforced vairagya which is short-lived and then all the raga comes back with double vengeance. Raga comes back and then it's angry with you because you have suppressed it and wasted so much time. You could have been, a, raga will tell you, dvesha will tell you. So what happened? After four, suppressing, nothing happened. Where is your moksha? You didn't get moksha. <laughs> And, and then you couldn't even indulge in any desires. It's all as though the ragas and dveshas get personified. They have bodies on their own and of their own. And they hijack the person on the path. So therefore, I see vairagya, cultivating vairagya as dropping and shedding rather than giving up. It's a quiet affair. You just see that more and more as we cultivate objectivity, and the more and more we pursue Vedanta, uh, our uh, sight, our insight gets very objective. The way we look at the universe is exactly how Bhagavan, Ishvara, God makes it to be. Exactly how it is we see it. That is total Vairagya. This is possible. 
This is something we cultivate the vairagya by being gentle with ourselves. Because the more we force it, the more enforced it is, the more short-lived it is. Rather, it's a gradual dropping dropping of attachment to various things, people, situations, so that there are fewer and fewer things in my life that I can say without this I am incomplete, without this person, without this object I cannot be alive. A day will soon come where you can say, where you, where you can't think of a single thing without which uh, uh, you know, you can't be alive. That day will come. But gradually it's a dropping of those things which I find without which I cannot live. But how to drop? It is through Pariksha. This again goes back to Viveka. Pariksha means examination of all the worlds, of everything in this world. And seeing that it is finite, seeing that it is short. Seeing that, yes, it can give me what I want, but for 10 minutes, 10 days, 10 hours, or even 10 years. But after that, what? It is time bound. Seeing everything as time bound allows me to drop those very things. Ihamutra phalabhoga rahityam. The rahityam means being devoid of the Icharahityam, uh, so being devoid of the Icha, the desire to experience fruits of action here and hereafter. This is a very good definition from the Tattva Bodha, a, a, a wonderful treatise on Vedanta, a book of definitions. And so this is a very good definition because it ties the concept of Vairagya directly to my actions. It makes this pariksha, this examination, all the more poignant because it's not just that I have desire, I pursue those desires and those desires become karma phala, results of my action. So I'm caught in the action, reaction, action, result of action, constant loop. Why? Because of the raga. So either I drop the action-reaction or I drop the raga or a little bit of both. And then things, when I do this kind of an examination, things slowly, slowly lose their appeal. The golden things start to look dull in front of one's own glory. Then one understands truly what is gold is the Satchidananda Atma. That keeps shining. It is self-shining. And it keeps shining on. Om Tatsa. Thank you.